Welcome back to another episode of Conversations on the Creek, the Duck Creek podcast where any of you thought leaders better have the latest insure tech is transforming the PNC insurance industry. Whether you work in underwriting, sales and marketing, claims, or an insurer's IT department, in each episode, we uncover the insights you need to reimagine the future of insurance. I'm Rob Savitsky, and in today's episode, we are so pumped to be joined by Sarat Varanasi, PNC practice leader at Cognizant, who share his perspective on the concept of digital twins and how insurers are leveraging across the insurance lifecycle. If you don't know Cognizant, they are one of the world's leading professional services companies, transforming clients' businesses, operating and technology models for the digital era. Sarat, so glad we are able to connect here today in Orlando at the Duck Creek Formation 23 conference. Welcome. How are you today? I'm great, Rob. Thanks for having me on. Uh, it's exciting to be here, nice and sunny Florida, although not much different from where I come in Dallas, uh, but it's great to be here. Good to see all the all your clients, the people from Duck Creek. It's an exciting time, and I'm happy to talk about the topic that we have, which is digital twins and the impact on insurance. Absolutely. Well, uh, yeah, let's uh, let's get into it. Maybe just before we get into digital twins, could you tell us a little bit about your role at Cognizant and what you do there? Yeah, happy to. Um, so I lead the PNC practice for Cognizant Insurance. We are one of the largest, if not the largest, uh, service integrator in the PNC space. Um, we work with about 60 clients, uh, providing services across the spectrum from distribution, digitizing the distribution to effective underwriting to uh, claims and quick settlement of claims uh, and even helping them with their corporate functions. We provide services across technology, operations, and uh, even product introductions uh, that our clients are thinking about. Awesome, awesome. It's a lot, a lot of things you've got your hands in, so it's no wonder that you've got a, a great perspective on a lot of different topics. So, Yeah, it is, uh, and it's you know, the advantage of being part of Cognizant and working with 60 clients is you get to see that and you get to see what our clients are doing across the spectrum. And that helps us take that knowledge to our next client and to our partners like Duck Creek. Awesome. Love that. Well, uh, let's let's talk about digital twins, which, uh, you know, a bit of a term that seems to have emerged in, I'm not even sure exactly, but it seems like it's being talked about a little bit more and more. How about to start with, can you define what, what are digital twins? I don't know if anybody can actually define what a digital twin is because that term is is so overused across various spectrums, right? But in true sense, a digital twin is a replica of something that you have physically and it's continuously fed with data so you can take some actions or decisions. That's what digital twins are. Now you've used, you've seen that used in manufacturing, you've seen that used in retail, um, why go too far, right? Like if you were shopping for furniture on Amazon, you can actually place that piece of furniture in your home virtually. That's, they're using the digital twin of your house and putting that furniture in your house digitally so that you can make a decision on whether that'll suit with the colors, whether that'll fit in your room, etc. So that's what digital twins do. We're seeing more and more of that in insurance as well, but that's really what you're thinking about. Got it. Okay. So a digital, sorry, digital replica of, of something physical. So if it's a, if it's a car, it's some sort of digital way of capturing all of the information about the car or maybe the driver telematics in real time, or if it's a property, it's, it's somehow having a, a view of what that, what that might look like. Is that sort of what you're, you're seeing as being a, 
a digital twin? Absolutely. And I think the if you look at it, it's not just about a single car or a single building. When you're talking about commercial insurance, it's not just about that one building, but what surrounds that building and a replica of all the things that can go around the building and that can impact your underwriting decision or risk-taking decisions, if you will. But if digital replica of something more physical in nature. Sure. Makes sense. So uh, yeah, let's dive in a little bit more. Can you maybe talk to me about some use cases of digital twins across the insurance life cycle? Yeah, there are quite a few to talk about. You know, I think, as I said earlier, the, the, the term digital twin has actually evolved quite a bit. Um, so let's, let's take distribution channels as an example. Okay. A true digital twin would be something that you would create in a metaverse right, where you're creating an electronic or a digital agent experience for a customer who's coming in. There, the customer is virtual or digital, and the agent is digital. And they're taking them through the pros and cons of what commercial insurance would look like, why you should insure your property, what are the hazards you should protect yourself from, and that's a true digital twin from a distribution perspective. Now, those are still more in concepts, if you will, right? Some of the companies have created Metaverse version. In fact, Cognizant is creating a digital agency in the Metaverse as well. But if you break that down a little bit into what are the use cases today in distribution, it is used more for enhancing customer experience. Let me take a small example. In, let's say, you're a group benefits customer and you want to talk, you want to find out about how much it's going to cost or what's the premium going to be as you're getting a quote from your insurance company. That conversation, what we traditionally talked as omni-channel, was mostly getting information from you and then they'll do some processing, give that code back to you. In a real true distribution channel that is, uh, that is enhanced with data, the customer is actually getting a real-time code based on the information you're getting the system is processing the data along with several other pieces of information they have, and in real time, they're generating a code for you. So that's an example of a uh, distribution channel. Or what we are doing with another customer today is if they want to know where their, if the agent wants to know where their code is, that is enabled through a digital conversation channel as well. So that's a little bit of a watered-down version of a digital twin. Sure. I'll pivot a little bit onto where we're seeing more and more examples of this. Let's take underwriting and risk-taking. We have a customer today who insures about 300,000 properties in the commercial insurance space. Right. Now, they physically cannot go and visit all the 300,000 properties. In the past, they would probably visit 30,000 properties, which are their high-risk-taking or high-premium, high-risk properties before they insure. We have created twins for them for the rest of the, uh, you know, pick 100,000 properties through digital imagery where, they don't, where they're not seeing just the building itself, but they're also seeing the surroundings of the buildings. Is it in a flood zone? Are there, you know, is it in a good area or is it in an area that needs some work? So like that, they're able to see everything around the property and make a risk decision on should they insure a property and if they should, what's the premium going to be. With that, they've actually doubled the type, the number of properties that they are looking at before making an underwriting decision. So that's a classic example of how a digital twin could be used. 
Right. And in that last example, what would you say, what are the data sources, the real-time data sources that are feeding that understanding of the building so that you don't necessarily have to go and, and visit each physical property to see the, say, the flood zone or, or just to look at the building and see what kind of protection it might, it might have, you know, the materials and so forth. Where, where is the data coming from and sure. what is it? So if it's, a, if it's a restaurant, as an example, there's data coming from everywhere, including Yelps of the world. If it's an actual manufacturing facility, then there's Google Maps that we're feeding information from. There's also information that's fed from the past claims that have happened in that zone. And those are the type of information that comes into, along with the, just the physical image of the building, those are the, that's the data that's fed into to make a decision. Got it. Very cool. Very cool. So yeah, let, let's talk maybe a little bit more about claims and digital twins. How, how are you seeing that uh, apply, whether it's being labeled a digital twin or, or, or not, or just some kind of replica of the risk that, that's being analyzed? Sure. I'll give two examples on the claim side, if you will. One, you know, people talk about telematics and making decisions, I, though it's not pure claims. You know, telematics is touted as a twin, although... I reserve my decision on that. That's collection of data, which helps you make the right premium decisions uh, and give some discounts back to the customers. The real, if you think of CCC or Michelle, who are the big companies that provide data in, in, in claims processing for your auto, uh, you know, when, when a damage happens, they're able to replicate that damage and exactly tell you what is the extent of the damage how much you do reserve for your claim. That's based on the photos that are submitted, or that's based on aerial imagery, or that's based on what they get from the local you know, CCTVs and cameras that feed in the data. So that's the real-time information that, that they get during the claims. If you expand that and look at home insurance, um, one of our customers, which was you know, a startup, uh, wanted to estimate their claims based on digital imagery before and after a cat, right? right? So earlier, the only way could have been, hey, I've got to send an adjuster to that place. But now there's real-time data fed on what was the size, what was the severity of the cat, uh, of the cat, what was the damage around in that, in that area. And then they combine that with aerial imagery that is taken through drones then they are able to estimate whether it's just a physical structure or if the damage is so big that they'll have that it'll have an impact on the personal property of that person who's insured the home etc so that's the type of decision that we're able to make both on commercial uh, auto and home when you think about digital twins right right yeah and you you mentioned definitely a lot of places that a lot of our solution partners play in and offering those uh, you know, those capabilities, I guess, broadly speaking, from your standpoint and what you've implemented with your customers, with your clients, how, uh, how accurate are you finding these, these, you know, whether it be aerial imagery or some of those other data sources you mentioned and being an accurate representation of what, what actually occurred, you know, whether it was a damage from that cat event or, or, a, you know, an auto accident? Yeah. So I'll, you know, I think, the models, just like the concept is evolving, the models are going to also going to evolve. Um, I'll, I'll give you two or three uh, more examples. Let's take another example of premium audit, right? Premium audit is after when you have 
written your policy, you want to make sure that they have the same exact number of vehicles that they had reported or number of buildings that they, are, that they had reported when they sent you the reports during the, uh, during the premium process. Premium audit earlier was done 70% physically. Right. Now, with all of the technology that people have, I was talking to a client, their physical premium audit percentage is 13%. Oh, wow. Down from 70% pre-pandemic. Of course, the pandemic really helped in, in pushing the technology there. Down from 70% pre-pandemic physical audit, they are down to 1-3, 13% in premium audit. They have not lost any money. In fact, their leakage on, on premium has actually reduced, if anything, because they're able to use some of this technology. So that's one classic example there. Let me actually just interrupt you right there. That's that's really interesting. I guess I'm curious, and maybe you 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 don't know per se, but you know, in, in not having those those people having to necessarily physically go and examine those buildings, have you seen them be able to move on and work on other things at the carrier, or is it a question of you know, are those jobs not necessarily required anymore, or is it more maybe a matter of they're 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 kind of being put to use to accomplish other tasks that are more strategic for the carrier? I think it's the latter that you talked about, which is they're moving some of their people to more strategic activities. The need for insurance is run by data. And when you get this data from these external sources or your virtual images, then there is a need for some more data or more analytics to be done. So what we have seen people do is work on analytics for the premium audit rather than actually going and doing the physical audit. Right. Of course, that needs some reskilling, that needs some retraining. All of that has to happen, but we see more and more people doing more of the advanced work, analytical work, rather than doing the mundane work of going and visiting a facility, if you will. Not that it's completely gone away, but in that case, definitely it's made a difference. Got it. Got it. It's awesome. Great to hear. And I think you were making another point before yeah. I, I cut you off. <laughs> Not at all. Um, so, so don't worry about that. So I was talking about the 300,000 properties that are being insured today earlier. Um, in this case, uh, this result is unintended, unintended consequences, but in a positive way. Maybe consequences is not the right word. So where they were seeing or visiting only 10% of the properties that they were that they were insuring, now they can visit up to 30% with their digital twins. What that has led to is they have suddenly realized that they should be charging some of the customers more than the premium that they had been charging. So in that case, not only has their accuracy gone up, back to your point, but their premium realization has actually benefited from adopting technologies that we're calling as digital twins right now. So I do see the use cases expanding over the next two, three years. Like I do see a lot more of um, digital agencies uh, coming up uh -huh. and benefiting more of the smaller um, insurers, like small, small and medium segment, where you know sometimes maybe an agent is not able to get to them. They will benefit I, from these digital agencies, if you will. So I see the benefit in several different ways. The accuracy will evolve, now it's improving, but they've also seen, I've, I've seen my customers getting benefit from it as well already. Nice, that's that's really great to hear. So uh, as, as we get closer to wrapping up here, maybe I'm gonna combine, I had a couple more questions for you, but we'll kind of put these into one. And I'm curious of, of the use cases you've talked about for so far, 
you, you know, which do you feel are the most mature? And by 2030, which do you think will have the most advanced application uh, that insurers can take advantage of? So the most mature right now are the conversation channels, right? Where right. you're, whether it's a contact center type of a situation, whether it's a agent calling in, whether it's a beneficiary calling in or a claimant calling in, that's the place where you see the most mature, uh, you know, maybe a watered-down version of a digital twin, but the most mature. They have significant ROI. The case has been proven. Several companies are adopting that. Where you see, you know, before and after CAT and the claims adjudication, that's an evolving model. The risk-taking and the underwriting, that's an evolving model. But we see that, you know, catching... Uh, importance or gaining momentum in the next two three years, literally, um, and we can we can see that happening now. It's going to take uh, get a lot more now. The true metaverse type of concepts and the concept of a car and then the likely damages not just to the car but also all the connected equipment along with that. That's going to evolve in the four or five years. Where we see, right. let's take. Let's say 2030. I think the digital agency is something that we'll see, maybe not 2030, but 2026, 2025, right? That's where we'll see a little bit more. Um, and the connected devices and utilizing the data from the connected devices, a client of ours actually takes all the, they're, and using that data to prevent claims, like they take all the data from the AC equipment units that are on top of the buildings, and give back to th and tell their customer, hey, your AC unit is, supposed, is, is about to break down. You might want to do some preventive maintenance here. That, I think, will take a little bit more time as the IoT devices uh, mature. And that, I say, a little bit in the longer range. Right. That makes sense. And I mean, I think it comes down to consumer adoption. You know, the more people are willing to put these things into their homes and, you know, give up a little bit of uh, what was historically seen as privacy uh, for the benefit of uh, really helping yourself, I think adds a lot of, uh, you know, value to you as a consumer in the long term. But, uh, you know, great, great points. I, I agree. And I, I think we heard recently on actually the most recent, maybe by the time this comes out, not the most recent episode, but on our episode with LexisNexis, Tanner Sheehan was making the point around telematics and Yes, you know, or, or maybe it was it was a combination of myself and Tanner, but we see a lot on the underwriting side with in pricing with telematics, but definitely a huge opportunity when it comes to the connected car and being Absolutely. able to to use it at you know the point of an accident for understanding you know what happened, and uh, I think it's uh, it's going to be some time maybe till we we understand like was this actually an accident or just. Uh, someone uh, stopping shortly at 10 miles an hour and depends on uh, the, the car and the vehicle. But um, yeah, I think the closer we can get to that ideal state of the digital twin, the better everyone involved will be. Absolutely. And I think, you know, what you'll also see is cross industry collaboration, like, you know, insurers collaborating with car manufacturers, which we see already today. Uh, but you're going to see more of that as you look at commercial property, commercial auto, people collaborating more, insurers collaborating with other industries um, when when they look at this building the digital twin itself. So great having, um, thank you for having me. Uh, Absolutely. This is great dialogue and uh, look forward to uh, talking more. Yeah, building together. That's the theme of formation. So uh, hopefully we can all get together and keep uh, keep working on, on building those solutions. But Sarad, it's been a pleasure having you on the program and thanks for, for joining and uh, yeah. It's great, Rob. Thank you for having me on. Awesome.
Well, thank you all for listening today. You can learn more about our partnership with Cognizant by going to duckcreek.com slash partner slash Cognizant. If you enjoyed this podcast, be sure to check out all of our other episodes and follow us on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Until then, we will see you in the next episode.